Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. This is some episode number or another. We just like to call them all episode seven because we can't keep count very well. But today's episode, we're going to be talking about students who are not college bound after high school graduation and many, many cool things that you can consider if that might be the case in your homeschool high school. So welcome. We are happy to be here. I'm Sabrina Justison, one of your hosts, and I'm with Vicki Tillman. And we like to talk about all things homeschool high school. Indeed. So we have many children of our own that we have homeschooled over the years. And if you have not heard about all of that, you can certainly go back to some of the earlier episodes. That's right. And learn a little bit about the approximately 30 kids amongst the big sisters at sevensistershomeschool.com. We really don't know how many kids we have because we can't count. We can't count. So this is forever episode seven and we have something in the neighborhood of 30 kids. (laughs) And you know what? It's okay. Okay. (laughs) We have gifts in other things. Yes. Which is part of what's wonderful about today's episode. We're going to talk about those, those varieties of giftings that people have, and it's okay to not be exactly like the person sitting next to you. So uh, we want to encourage you with a little amusing thing here about what happens down the road after you've homeschooled. We all use that phrase that we hope we are raising lifelong learners, right? Kids who love to grow up and learn their whole lives. And we want them to be those 75-year-olds who are signing up to audit the courses at the local community college or who are learning to play a new game or taking up an instrument in their old age. So lifelong learning, it's a wonderful thing. This week I got a little taste of one of my kids who is now an adult and was playing with his nephew. And um, my grandson is two and a half years old. And so... He and his uncle Sam were playing with Legos, and my grandson Jackson built something large that looked like a ship, and he said that it was on the water, and so his uncle Sam started asking him if he knew about the Titanic, and for some reason, the two-and-a-half-year-old got fascinated with this and wanted to see pictures of the really, really big boat, the biggest boat I ever seen, and they had to go online and look at pictures of the Titanic. And then they built an iceberg out of Legos. (laughs) And before you knew it, um, Jackson was reenacting the Titanic. He crashed his Lego Lego boat into the Lego Lego iceberg. And it went all the way to the bottom of the water. And, um, yeah. So, you know, lifelong learning and then the trickle-down effect. You never know where all that all that love for education might take you. Homeschooling to another generation. That's right. That's right. But before they get to the point that they are homeschooling the next generation, we got to get them to graduation, and then we got to help them figure out what happens after graduation. Indeed. So let's talk a little bit about what it means when you look at your teen and think, I don't think this one's going to go to college. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. What do you think, Vicki? Well, the first thing is to remember that God makes all young people different. That's kind of a body of Christ thing. So Mm -hmm. we all have different jobs in the body of Christ. And we all have different jobs out in the practical world, too. 
if there's not someone there to do practical things like work on our car or our plumbing, then our world isn't going to go very well. This is very true. And it's something that in the U.S. in particular, maybe, we have come to undervalue in the last generation. And I mm -hmm. think that there is a, a gradual growth in the appreciation of realizing that there's a whole lot to making the world work that um, doesn't happen in a traditional book-centered classroom environment. And that there are people who are tremendously gifted in things that we all need and take for granted. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a shame when you get a kid, when you're advising them, and they say, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't see the point in going to four years of college and studying calculus and then coming out thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. Right, right. So there might be better ways for them to handle those four years of their lives rather than go off to a college Okay, so let's talk about what that kind of teen might look like. What are some of the things that a parent could notice in their homeschool high schooler that might make them think, hmm, this is not just that he doesn't really like this subject and so he's not applying himself in it this year. This is, this is something that I'm learning about my child that makes me think perhaps we should explore non-college um, opportunities. What are some of the, the traits that you typically see? Well, of course, the easy one is a kid who consistently every day says, I hate school. <laughs> <laughs> when am I ever going to use any of this in real life? And then we smile and nod our heads <laughs> and say, yeah, you're right. Uh -huh. um, but that's it. Is, uh, some kids are not born academians. They just hate school. Or their gifting has to do more with working with their hands or being around people, but not cracking books open and studying them and writing papers all the time. So perhaps the kids who thrive with the Legos or with the uh, field trips or with projects, um, that kind of learning, even from when they're, they're little. Some kids just seem to, to be much more geared toward that experiential learning rather than just reading about something. Like some kids are born taking things apart, oh, whether yes. you want them or not to do them. <laughs> and sometimes they can even put it back together. And those are kids you want to keep an eye on, especially combined with if they hate doing the book learning. Right. Now, what about kids who seem to be good students? They like school fine, but they don't test very well. Is that the same thing? No. Yeah, some of us don't test very well just because <laughs> the SATs are stupid tests. So. <laughs> wow, that was a bold statement. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, test taking is different, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's kind of a whole extra ability, and there are lots of kids who will do well in college who may not be great test takers, right. but they still want to go on to college. All right, so you've looked at your teen and you've thought, hmm, I see an entrepreneurial spirit here, or I see someone who can take apart my toaster and put it back together and thinks it's cool to find out how stuff works, or um, any number of, of other experiential types of, of learning that they gravitate towards. So now graduation is maybe a couple of years away, and you start thinking, how do I appropriately equip them for adult life after graduation if we're not just going to 
focus on touring colleges and finding the right program in a college setting. What, what do you explore and how do you explore it? Well, one of the smart things to do is to do some good career exploration with them. So getting a good curriculum and working through it, like sevensistershomeschool.com career exploration bundle, is a really good idea where they look at their gifts and talents and values and strengths and weaknesses and really see what God has put in them and then explore some careers just through the internet. You know, what does the Department of Labor say at various careers? And then maybe it would be a really good idea for kids around 10th, 11th grade to start doing some apprenticeships. You know, we talk a lot about this career exploration bundle, and it's not just product that we're talking about. It's not just something that we hope that you will download from our website. This is this is really a core piece of who Seven Sisters set out to be when, when we started publishing curriculum, because so many teens are are lost in the shuffle, and we sort of move them toward graduation and try to get them to where we can say, phew, we did it. We homeschooled them but they don't quite know who they are, what they want to explore next, what they are good at, what they are really not interested in and want to avoid. And doing um, solid career exploration in high school is one of the most important things that a young person can can have, is that opportunity. Yeah, developmentally, teens are developing their identities, and the only way to do that, really, is to explore who that identity is. And I'm surprised at how many 20-somethings I've met in the last few years who have been really struggling with this whole, well, this is the field I thought I wanted to be in, and I'm sort of in it now, but it's really not a good fit for me, and I don't even know what to do. And I've given them at least the career exploration questionnaire, which, by the way, anyone can download for free it's from a good freebie. the website at sevensistershomeschool.com. But even the questionnaire, just to start looking at things differently. And asking yourself, okay, what have I always loved ever since I was a little kid? Mm -hmm. What do all the people in my extended family all know I'm good at? And they're all like, oh, well, so-and-so will do the such-and-such because they're great at it. Right. You know? Right. Those kinds of things are really important to, to consider and to dig into when you're in those teen years. So consider a solid curriculum and work through it to give yourself some accountability and a framework to follow. And... Uh, and take a look at the Career Exploration Bundle at Seven Sisters. So once you've done some personal looking and you consider some apprenticeship opportunities, you, you have to sort of think about fields and categories within that. What are some of the fields that work well for a non-college bound person who wants to explore? So according to a young person's bent, there are all kinds of opportunities in the United States these days. So one that our kids are going into more and more is the military. Back in the early days of homeschooling, it was really hard to be a homeschooler and get into the military. But a lot has changed since then. Very good. So some of our kids go right into the military. And sometimes once they're in the military, they decide they want some college education. And guess what? Suddenly there's a way to pay for college. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the military is something we've seen a lot of kids in our local community really mm -hmm. thrive with, with that as an option. 
So a lot of our kids who are really interested in the military during high school start being involved with the Civil Air Patrol. And it has a lot of good experiences for them, kind of gives them a taste of what the military will be like. And for some kids, that'll weed it right out. Uh-huh. Which and is also important career exploration. Finding is, out the stuff to take off your list is empowering. Absolutely. It's never, ever a waste of time. But for the kids who love that and really come alive when they are doing the Civil Air Patrol, that also gives them some networking. So when they join the military, they've got a lot of open doors already. Very good. Very good. Okay, so a kid who is not interested in the military, what are some other things to consider? So what if they're an entrepreneur? Okay. So some kids are born making money. Not a whole lot of them, but some of them are. <laughs> I mean, some of them get on eBay and are making money in high school. It's true. So they just, they're just born that way. And they have no time for getting a four-year degree at a college and studying calculus and history and science. It doesn't make any sense to them. They are going to go make money. And God needs people in the kingdom to make money and Absolutely. invest in the kingdom. So that's a good thing. Those young people can get courses and training and coaching through the Small Business Administration. Right. For free. For free. Wonderful. What if a kid just has a really strong talent? I'm not talking about a virtuoso violinist or something, but a really strong talent in fixing everybody's computers in their local circle of friends and family and church. Um and maybe doesn't know how to turn that into a business, but very much wants to be an entrepreneur. Are there ways to help someone who's got maybe a skill set to, mm -hmm. to be mm -hmm. an awesome work-for-themselves-change-the-world person, but doesn't quite know how to strategically do that? Well, I, the SBA, the Small Business Administration, will give them some training in the business end of things. But a lot of kids, the hands-on kids, can get some certification through the local community college. And that's a, you know, they have, um, our local college is called the ITC program, Innovation and Training. Technology. Innovation, Innovation and Technology. Technology. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they have courses that are only related to, like, computers or welding or plumbing. So you don't take anything extra, just the training you need. And then they come out of that with a certification that makes them look for real right. in their field. Right. And I'm surprised that there are a lot of what I would think of as jobs that wouldn't require certification that do now. And I think maybe some of that's in response to OSHA and lawsuits and yeah. um, workplace safety issues and all. Mm -hmm. But even a lot of um, people who want to work in a warehouse environment or something in the trucking industry or... There, there are a number of certifications that they're looking for even for entry positions. Right. And the local community college is a great place to look for those. They're often just even a one-course thing. It's maybe 30 hours of instruction. Um, but then that certification is in place, and it opens that first door. And sometimes the trade unions will have their own like journeyman program where the young people will go in and start working their way up the ladder and take courses here and there from the union and get certified in that way. You know, it's funny, just recently I have learned that there is a change to more of that model, that, that journeyman type of uh, apprenticing model um, within the food industry, because there, there's there been this, you know, this upsurge of what they're calling casual fast food, where it's not a sit-down table service restaurant, 
but it's um, healthy food. It's often locally grown or organic or some sort of something special, mm -hmm. you know. And many of these companies I have just recently been learning are basing their um, personnel model on one that, yes, they hire everyone as a line cook, but the intent is to see in that, even that initial interview, is this someone who is interested in moving up and, and developing management skills? And if so, from the first bit of training, they're keeping that eye on you. And as soon as you indicate that you're ready, they're ready to mentor you up. And it, it can happen very quickly. It can happen within a year that you move a couple of levels up into management. So for a kid who's interested in the, in the food industry, um, it's not like it used to be where that was kind of a dead-end job. If you were going to right. go in at minimum wage and you were going to do stuck. food prep, you were going to be stuck. And I think that that's beginning to change. So it's really the old-fashioned, like, guild model where people go in as an apprentice and then you know, work their way up the ladder. And it's wonderful. It's, it should be that way because there are so many, so many people who will thrive when they're working in their area of gifting. Right, right. Terrific. Okay, what about um, service, missions, those kind of things? We've known some kids who have really done well. Yeah, a lot of our kids these days need a gap year for adventure, not a gap year for sitting around on the couch and gaming. <laughs> Although yeah. I, I hear mm. there are a few people that make a living from that, but I don't recommend uh, gaming as an apprenticeship. <laughs> so, But some kids will want to take a year and do service. And, you know, go with a local agency that's working with the inner city or maybe the Native American um, peoples or overseas and really make a difference just for a whole year of, of giving into a different community. And it's neat. I, I've read a number of articles recently that have talked even about short-term mission things. Not so much the, the week-long mission trips right. that our kids, but, but shorter-term mission opportunities that... Um, that there are a lot of, of opportunities within Christian organizations that are focused less on what we think of as evangelism in terms of they're not hosting right. VBS for kids mm -hmm. or whatever, but they're going and they're, they're doing a construction project. Mm -hmm. And that's a great opportunity for a young person to go and learn a bunch of construction skills while serving an underserved population and also going forth in the name of Christ. So it's there's a chance for, for training as well as service all wrapped into one. So for young people that need that gap year and really want to serve, it's really good to take some time and visit different websites of uh, the large organizations that work with young people. YWAM's one of those. Um, there's a, a lot of good ones where the kids can get out there and really do some practical service but not be obligated for life. Right. Right. Okay, so some of these options we've talked about. The military, we've talked about certificate programs available for either training in um, the business end, so that an entrepreneur has the business skill set to then market themselves, or um, certification for different types of more hands-on skills that will open the door for employment. We've talked about uh, the trades and the journeyman programs within those, including even some in the food industry now. Taking a gap year for service, for mission. What else might we be missing? Am I leaving something out? I think the thing that's really most important is that somewhere around 10th or 11th grade, and definitely by senior year, you clarify objectives. 
clarifying objectives. Okay, what does that actually, can you clarify for what me? A what a clarifying clar objective What do we mean is, by clarifying objectives? Like, what on earth are you thinking about, kid? That's a like, good question. Why do you not want to go to college? Why do you want to go in the military? You know, what are you thinking about life? Those kind of things. Just kind of sit down and really have heart-to-heart -heart talks. Not that there's a right or wrong way, but as a young person has to hammer out their ideas, they will clarify themselves as they talk about it. Does that make sense? It does. That does make sense. And yeah, I think even as adults, we often fall into just doing stuff because this is what we do. Right. And we lose sight of the fact that there should be an objective. There should be a yeah. goal here. Anything that we're doing that is not a waste is working us towards something right. that we think has value. And so helping our kids clarify for themselves. So what is the value that you see in if, if you were going to do X, Y, or Z? What would that be getting you closer to that you think is important? And perhaps... This part can be a little scary or painful, but perhaps as parents, when our kids are in ninth or 10th or 11th grade, we need to clarify our own objectives mm -hmm. for that kid's launch into adulthood because it's right around the corner and we need to have a clearer objective than simply get them done. Or my kid has to go to Harvard or I'm a failure. Yes, yes. Or my kid has to be out of the house by X date. Because we want them to be independent, but the world is a complicated place to get settled on your own two feet. And, right. and um, it's, it's not always about, about time goals as much mm -hmm. as it is about those bigger objectives. Where, where's the value that you're headed for? So we want to clarify our objectives, but always remembering that our mom's minds will plan our ways, but God will direct our paths. Amen. Well, we hope that this has been empowering for those of you especially with 10th or 11th graders, because that is a really important time to start looking at career exploration very intentionally and to begin clarifying those objectives. And if you have a kid that does not look like he or she is heading toward college, don't be frustrated or intimidated by that and instead embrace it as the way that God has designed that child. Mm -hmm. And there are so many opportunities for them whether or not a college education plays any part in that. You can trust God to know what he's doing Indeed. in the lives of each of your children. So we encourage you to join us again. Please do stop by 7sistershomeschool.com and download the free career exploration questionnaire and take a look at the career exploration bundle. You can also buy the pieces of the bundle separately. So there's a, um, an, a guide for writing your personal mission statement which can really help in clarifying objectives. And you can just download that all by itself if you'd like. There are lots of options. So please hop over to iTunes and give us a little comment and maybe some stars because that would make us really happy and also help other homeschooling high school parents get a good view of us. Yes, we would like for them to be able to find the podcast if you think it's helpful and you give us a little something on iTunes, then other people who might find it helpful will find us as well. So we look forward to being with you again next time. Thank you for your time and for being our seventh sister and hanging out with us to talk about all things Hope School High School. We hope to see you on the blog as well at 7sistershomeschool.com, and we are delighted to be brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Have a great week.